Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Life is full of what ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello Egg Chasers and welcome to the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. This is episode number 30. Off the back of a, a bank holiday weekend, we're feeling a bit groggy between us, particularly in the case of JB. Indeed I am. Hello oh. Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Sound it mate. Are you going to make it through this? Ah, Yes, I found the button as well, my headphones are on now. Uh, and <laughs> Phil, you're right. Yeah, hi Tim. Uh, and we've been getting some sunshine where we are, hopefully you had a bit of that as well. Now we've got uh, plenty coming up on this podcast, Rugby Oki, another singing rugby player, a roundup of the Easter weekend feast of rugby action and some probably extremely blasphemous Easter related rugby shenanigans and plenty more besides. But um, in fact, let's just, let's just start being potentially blasphemous. So we just come off the back of Easter weekend and not wanting to make light of the celebration. What about some rugby resurrections? Hmm. Oh, is this like Halloween? <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit Halloweeny. This <laughs> is, uh, this, is this music to celebrate the s- successful prosecution of criminals that like we should do at Easter. What? what? Uh, that's what Easter's all about, isn't it? The, the, all right, the yeah. successful yeah. accusation and prosecution of criminals oh, on, on crosses. I'll tell you what, laws <laughs> and where the right decisions were, have been made is yeah. definitely going to come up a bit later on in the podcast. Uh, anyway, no rugby resurrections. So players who have been resurrected, whether it's their career, whether they've come out of absolutely nowhere and suddenly become a star. Hmm. Can you think of any good rugby resurrections? I can think of loads. Yeah, it's quite a few. It's quite a few... Um... Johnny Wilkinson. There's a, I think that's the best one recently. It's pretty phenomenal. Body wreck, World Cup winner 2003, total body wreck, and you thought... Didn't play for nearly four years. I know. Didn't play internationally, yeah, for a huge length of time, but then made it back for the 2007 World Cup. Played like a hero. And then European Cup winner. So, yeah, I, there was a lot of people that thought he would never play again. It looks like he has played his last rugby. Well, um, or he's about to play, he's his, about last, to play his last, last rugby. rugby yeah. He certainly played his last international game. Yeah, certainly. Uh, so that was a great one. I mean, the other England player, World Cup winner, that instantly sprang to my mind was Steve Thompson with a yeah. career, supposedly career-ending neck injury when he was at Breve and got compensation and then paid it all back to yeah. resurrect his career. I wonder like really paid that back. Well, he got like a half a million pound payout, wasn't it? Yeah. Because he was on a £200,000 contract for four years or whatever. Who was he? Um, George, George Smith. George Smith. Oh, yes. Came back, was Brimbury's player of the season and then was picked for to play against the Lions. So cruelly injured just before he would yeah. have actually been... Uh... And then was immediately crucified again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> his, his was really incredible because he was Brumbies for like 10 years mm. um, and named players player for either eight or nine out of the 10 years. Unbelievable. But then went to... Um, Japan. Fran- France for a bit oh, went yeah, to Toulon right. then to Japan then back to Stade Francais for a bit did he? then back to Japan yeah he had like a stint and then he just he was injury cover for the Brumbies for like three months on a short term contract in the Japanese off season 
and end up getting a call up four years after his last Prop, international real cap. fairy tale Shane story. Williams came back to play Lions from Japan oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joanne Smith what now was his story Toulon. He, he, was Toulon he retired in uh, two years ago because really of, bad injury because of a knee injury oh you put uh, Shark Ber- Berger in that category uh, yeah although he's back play- well he's obviously back after, playing yeah yeah, Jason Robinson Schal- came back for filed. Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> but he only played home games. Ooh, he wouldn't play away. And you, he was on an unbelievable amount of money if, if what I heard he, was true. Oh. There's a couple of other ones, recent ones as well. Oh. Uh, Stephen Ferris. Of course. 18 months out of the game. Really um, glad to see him back. Um, I hope he is back properly because there was. I think he missed the game either this weekend or last weekend because of a, an ankle injury. When you think Ireland Six Nations champions and have Sean O'Brien and, and Stephen Ferris to come back into the reckoning yeah, in the back yeah, row, yeah. that's and, oh, and the morning, of course, because he's out. out that's for, a pretty impressive. They're two of the most destructive ball carrying back rows in in Europe. Yeah, um, and Matthew Rees. Another one who had oh yeah of course two years out uh, with testic- testicular years? cancer, uh, that, that is a, and then recently uh, has made his comeback for Cardiff Blues. A fantastic okay. story. Here's a question yeah. for you. I suppose, I suppose Tom Croft has had one comeback, not another from but, a neck. But I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say it's a resurrection Which in the same way. Which player who's recently retired before his time would you like to see come back? Ooh, so someone who is now retired but could potentially they're still of an uh, age of an age where if they were fit they could come back. I was looking at, um, it's, it's probably not a, a really flash one. I was looking at David Flatman the other day because Duncan Bell is back at 39. Oh, yes. And I saw David Flatman on uh, ITV Rugby and I thought, I wonder how old he is. Could he? Is he... that the David Flatman that now has um, like sticks attached to his arms and always holds his arms, arms up dead straight on TV? <laughs> <He> right, <does. laughs> right, right by his sides. <laughs> give he, it a go. He's 34. Is that all he is? Yeah. Really? He, he could he could still be doing a, a great job for... For someone. For, yeah, anyone. I would have said the ultimate one, historically, would be Barry John, yeah. who was one of the most mercurial, amazing tens ever to play the game. He retired. He played 25... Imagine the equivalent player, what it would be, but 25 caps for Wales, five caps for the British Lions. He retired from rugby aged 27 as Wales' highest point scorer citing the pressure of fame and expectation oh my God. as wow. the reason for his decision. It's like so Halfpenny like, hanging up his boots now. Yeah. James Hook. In fact, they're pretty much retired James, James, James <laughs> Hook. <Hanley. laughs> yeah. Poor didn't, James. Uh, different sport, but didn't uh, Bjorn Borg do something similar? Yeah. He was like 26 and had won everything. There's one who's just come back into my mind. Tom Reese for Wasps. Like, it was yeah. the future England seven. Yeah, and they were talking about him as England captain as well, weren't they? Yeah, yeah they he were. was a quality, quality player. And lots and lots of injuries, though, wasn't it? James Forrester is the other one who was yeah. like far, far too young for my liking. We've not mentioned Victor Matfield. Oh, yeah. So, what's the story with Victor Matfield, if anyone's missed this, Phil? After the 2011 World Cup, I think he retired. Um, he was the most capped um, second row ever, I think, 110 caps. And he's had two years where he's been doing some kind of pundit work for South African TV and a coaching role in the Bulls. He's now 37, and at the start of this season, he signed a two-year deal to uh, play for the Bulls for the next two years with, I think, potentially the intention to play for the Springboks again wow. ahead of the, the World Cup next wow. year. Uh, and of course, uh, this goes on and on and on, but Bob, uh, Bob Skinstad did the same thing. Did he? Yeah. He came up. Does does Gavin Henson count? Because he tends to kind of go missing on five minutes and then shows up again about 70, 76 minutes. And sorry, not wanting to be too blasphemous, but he gets 
crucified by the press every now and then. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and actually, he again. Actually, he has retired. So. And he turns oh, yeah, the other cheek re- to Carl Ferns. <laughs> Indeed, he does. Well done, Tim. Just on the resurrection, it, it also got me thinking of like the greatest comebacks from a, a game point of view. Like, what matches were there? Some incredible comebacks, and the two that sprung to my mind were the Leinster Northampton American oh, Cup final yeah. two thousand eleven. Yeah. Wow. Oh, no. No, one. no. Okay. The, oh, the final, the final yes. in 2011, when it was it was 22-6 to Northampton. They'd scored three tries to nil at half time, and then Johnny Sexton apparently gave an unbelievable half time team talk. He scored two tries himself, got three conversions, and slotted two penalties in in the second half to score. It was something like 27 unanswered points, mm-hmm. and really win. And and the other one was the uh, it was Wales Scotland in the 2010 Six Nations. Yes. When with ten minutes to go, uh, Scotland were ten. Po- Sorry, with three minutes to go, Scotland were ten points up. What? Halfpenny scored a try oh, yeah. to reduce it to three, and then with thirty seconds left, I think it was Lee Byrne slotted a kick, or Stephen Jones slotted a, whoever it was slotted a kick to to level it, and Scotland just had to didn't kick it out. Kill the kill the game from the restart, and they didn't. Wales recycled it, and twenty fl- twenty phases later, Shane Williams went under the sticks to win mm. the game. Amazing. Well, I think we managed to get through that without actually offending anyone of a particularly religious persuasion. To yeah. be honest, yeah, yeah. Let's see how the rest of the podcast. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. <laughs> the look on JB's face right now. I'm not sure we'll we'll continue that. But anyway, we'll carry on. I, I think we should turn our attention to the the feast of rugby that was happening while we were gorging and putting ourselves into a chocolate-induced coma. There was a load of mm. quality rugby going on. Um, so let's quickly have a little natter about the, the Aviva Premiership, which is, which is hotting up. It's, yeah. where, where, where do you want to start? Let's start with Tiger, Tigers-Quins. Okay. All right. So it was the Friday night match, wasn't it? Now, I do, I do believe if we go back to last week's podcast, I did say I was very impressed with Quins away at Sale Sharks, and I tip them to beat Leicester just... Did you yeah. say that? I did. Yeah, and I, I said I thought Leicester would, would win reasonably comfortably. Yeah, yeah, I almost certainly picked wrong. It doesn't matter which way I would have picked. I know, I know for a fact I would have picked wrong. <laughs> the game was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Leicester were wearing their uh, sweet wrapper kits. Oh, mm. it was, I, I, that was an awful... There, there was a few awful kits on show. <laughs> We've, we have talked about this being the golden age of kits this year, and there are some fantastic kits, but Leicester's away kit is one of the worst. Uh, it's absolutely terrible. Yeah, let's get onto some bad kits in a bit, but the game was very good. Um, Danny Kerr and Mike Brown. Oh, yeah. They're both playing absolutely superb rugby. Tuolagi and Gonover as well, mm. looking so dangerous every time they get the ball. Was it last Harlequin's try to put them over the, the Mike With Brown Mike one? Brown, yeah. And you can see the Leicester defence drifting, and it's man-on-man defence on Mike Brown. I'm thinking... When was the last time Mike Brown didn't beat the first defender? Probably early early two thousands. When was like the last time he didn't take a high ball? Yeah, he he's definitely going over. The Nicky Gonover try to start with was a farce. <laughs> you got to ref it in, in real time. But that ball, not then go forward once. It went forward twice. And if the ref had just given it, he said, "Yeah, fair enough." Because watching Tim Wigglesworth run is tragic. But <laughs> if he just gives it, he gives it. But he didn't. He went back to the video ref. And then didn't let the video ref um, actually answer the question. Now this no. happened in the London Irish game as well. Yeah, I think he did. 
Oh, did no, he? No, he did let the video ref, in this instance, he let the video ref comment, but the video ref got, got it wrong. Because it, it looked to me and to you, Jay, like it was two forward passes. Yeah. Oh, that's just such idiot. That whole forward pass law is really... Did the hands go back, but the ball went yeah. forward? The, a, a pass can be made backwards, but can still travel significantly forwards. Mm. Just because of physics. Yeah, that is... It only really comes into effect when someone's running at full speed. These were men who were kind of being tackled as... Yeah. So they stopped dead. The other one was the Tom Holmes... Is it Tom Holmes or Tom, Tom, Tom Homer? Tom Homer. gave a pass and then it was absolutely crunched by someone. And because he shudders, he stops to a shuddering halt and then goes backwards and the ball's travelling at pace, on the replay it was like, yeah, that's forward. The, when I think that was no, less forward... No, no, it wasn't a, forward. Now, now I, I don't know how to explain this... In words, there's a there's a video that we got tweeted that explains it brilliantly. How you can pass backwards, but the ball actually yeah, travels forward because you're travelling forward at a rate of knots. Yeah. yeah, if you're running forward, you pass backwards. The ball still actually ends up travelling forward because of the speed that you were running at. If you carry on running, the ball looks like it's gone backwards. No, no. If you stop dead straight after you've passed, whether you get hit or tackled, it appears that the ball goes that's forward. That's exactly what I'm saying. And that's what happened with Tom yeah. Homer. That was not a forward pass. I agree. Yeah, I, I, agree. I, agree. With that. I agree in that situation, but I don't agree with the, the, Ed, the Ed Slater because he wasn't travelling at a great rate of knots no and he, he was stopped so they got the two decisions the wrong yeah both decisions wrong yeah it looked like it to me it was a try for London Irish and, and it, it, wasn't. it wasn't a try for thank Leicester. god we've got these highly Agreed. qualified video refs making making these right decisions or not making or not any decision. decisions oh, yeah, know. oh can we god you, Phil a fair play to you you brought this up months ago about about it irritating you call yeah. it going to TMO and then the referee's going I've seen it it's alright I've got it it's the language as well it I, makes me tear my I hair I have a decision out. for you uh, yeah no actually I've just seen that I'm going with this no I, th- there's got to be a, a rule on this how about yes. more? how about yeah. just the, the general use of language so it's usually uh, Tim Tim yeah JB here <laughs> who do they think is going to answer like <laughs> yeah. they through the international space station uh, sorry uh, yeah wrong channel so they do the can we confirm J here J here and then they go may I please may I uh, and then you'd have to re- re- respond by saying so the question so you're saying may you uh, check the last pass it was forward uh, I have a report for you Tim as if you've just got uh, like yeah, a, yeah. You know, a, a whole group of solicitors together to comp- compile got a dossier we've yeah. just had <laughs> <laughs> rubber stamped by the legal team. Yeah, you're right. Uh, no, I've actually seen it on big screen. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. Yeah. He may award the try. Oh, what's the other one that we heard this this week? Obviously and clear. No. Yeah, there was no obvious and clear reason why you cannot award the try. Yeah. That was said. That was a couple of times used, but used incorrectly as well because there was a, <laughs> there was a clear and obvious reason why yeah. it shouldn't be awarded. Yeah. So just uh, and also if you look at clear clear and obvious, there's no point in using clear and obvious in the in the same statement. I don't know why this is so difficult. I mean, I'm glad we've got TMOs, and I'm I'm, I'm glad Are we you? I'm glad Why? we have no, no. I'm glad I we am. have the facility. I am. Ju- I just it just I think thankfully in the case of Quinn's Leicester, it was the right result in of of the match. It didn't affect it, but I, I can imagine London Irish are feeling pretty sore because they scored a try that was disallowed, and Northampton were given mm-hmm. a try that should have been disallowed. What's the the other noticeable um, big play from that game, which I just mentioned quickly, was that held-up try by Leicester. That was awesome. Mm. Oh, but, where uh, Alan stopped him. Alan and Tuolagi. Yeah. But to be yeah. fair, fair to him, almost everything you said about what you saw live about Quinns was exactly... Uh, the speed. Exactly and Danny Kerr, a massive exactly part of that is Danny Kerr. Just yeah. The, the speed that he gets the ball away from contact. And I've got to say, I don't think he's a seven. Um, I think he will play seven for England because Tom Wood at six is a quality player. But... 
the amount of work Chris Robshaw does, you cannot fault his effort. I'm, I'm his, Wallace. His work rate, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Wallace is a good player. Uh, shall we talk about um, the next game? Uh, yeah. As I've called it, Kittageddon. Kittageddon, what's that? Uh, it was the Stinger. Wasp Gloucester. Wasp, oh, God, yeah. Uh, oh. Oh. No. <laughs> it was horrible kits. I would say. <laughs> that was terrible. If we got the general population and, you know, say, a sample of 100 and put me in this 100, I'd say I was pretty up, up, up to date with my rugby knowledge. I'd, I'd say, you know, not great, but okay. It took me a good 30 to 40 seconds to work out who, who the hell was playing. Um, <laughs> Gloucester didn't look like anyone that I recognised. And as for... what Sports Relief is the most confused idea that I've ever heard of. <laughs> is it comedy or is it sports? And how do you get serious sports to be funny? I'll give you a clue. You can't. So they've got their <laughs> stupid sports, sports Relief kit on. I didn't have a clue what, what was going on. That was St George's Day kit, wasn't it? Or was it Sport Relief? I, well, it's got a big Sports Relief button on, 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 on oh, the back Oh, right, OK. They should make them run, they well, should they make them run with red noses or something. There's a few clubs that have been wearing Sport Relief socks over the last yeah. few games. with those like, 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 like lace-up boots on the front of them. Yeah, yeah. just stop it. Like a corset. It's not funny. It's not endearing. You know, it, do, it doesn't enhance the appeal of either relief or sports. I just don't understand it, and it ruins a lot of good kits. Um, it's quite a good game, though. Yes, it was a good game. Some good tries. Some good running. Mm. We, we uh, or just terrible Gloucester as well. I'm looking forward to bulking up that pack because actually, I think that the backs are really quite good. Backs are really good. I think yeah. they've got a few guys who they can get rid of. Tyndall would be the would be the obvious one there. I know he only does a job there from now. But he needs to go. I think they've had the the worst recruitment of any team in the in the Viva Premiership. They haven't sorted out their front row. Nope. The second row they they brought in just hasn't worked. Just it's awful. Yeah, and, Kve- just... and Kvezic is only started oh. just starting to play reasonably well. But he's been Kvezic a, he's... all season's been an absolute nightmare. He's still a penalty machine. Yeah. But good news, they got rid of uh, Akapusi Quera. So, you know, <laughs> swings, swings around about. World class Fijian back row. <laughs> yeah. But we've got Kvezic, wonderful. What about those sail sharks? Who predicted that? I mean, a couple of stats on this game, which I thought you'd, uh, I thought you'd like. I know you like a stat or two. Yeah. Yes, please. Uh, it is the first time a team in the Aviva Premiership has scored 50 points since May 2012. And it's the highest ever score for sail sharks in the Premiership. Fact. Yeah, there's some wow. facts for you there. Good facts. And Exeter have never had 50 points put on them at home in 27 oh. seasons of league rugby. <laughs> Fact. Uh, yeah. Well, um, so Exeter were using their, uh, was it Tomahawk, but uh, Sale bought a piece of 2 by 4 timber because <laughs> they were thoroughly taken to the woodshed and, and given a good beating. <laughs> We've got... <laughs> the Patterson. first try scorer, Michael Patterson, uh, New Zealand-born... Yeah, played in Wales, English qualified. Is he on form? Are you sure? Not yet, though. Is he? I, yeah, if, I think if, it's if on. He, I think it's on heritage. Not if he lived residency. in England, if he lived in England when he was playing in Wales. Oh, that might be it. Andy Farrell was at that match, and I. Yeah. And word is he was watching Cipriani and Patterson, and you probably have to say on form. Patterson is knocking on the door very loudly, as is Cipriani. Do you think, right? Yeah, that Sale have started badly and got progressively better because all they've done is bought like Eastern European monsters, and they're finally <laughs> learning how to play the game. So you've got Ostrakov, who's a monster, and you've got... Kobolas. Kobolas, who is just incredible. Think about your junior rugby when you... There's always a player of the season award, and then there was always like a, a coach's... Most improved. Coach's or... player, or most improved. Yeah. The most improved player in the premiership is Vadim Kobolas. Oh, he's awesome. Mm. He's a... They were just... A... They were just smashing the um, it, the extra scrum, but they they did the same to Bath, and we all know my feelings on on, on Bath. They're a damn good pack. Mm. Watching that extra sale game, though, it was like watching kind of under thirteens when you've got 
one team who are like the best in the in the county or the best in the region, and one team who are Exeter, <laughs> who are just a load of kids who've never really played rugby before. It's and, odd. It's really and, odd. Exeter haven't. They've only won three games out of their last thirteen since they beat Sale in November. That's huh. ridiculous. Which right. is just not not Exeter like. It, yeah, it? it's not. And they're Exeter. Like they're always such a good unit, such a tight knit team, and they would always like make their first up tackles and always like work as a unit. And in that game, they just looked disjointed and kind of Forlorn. individuals. Yeah, just falling off tackles. Um, extra sale done. Um... Uh, Irish must be absolutely so frustrated and kicking themselves. To be 24-0 down at half-time, they just shot themselves in the foot with some uh, some errors and a bit of fortune in Northampton's case. Irish had another one of their second-half comebacks, but they'll, they'll be kicking themselves because they could have had another scalp there. Tom Homer, Tom Homer looked awesome. He did look good when he came on. He, uh, he, looked, he looked better than James O'Connor. He, every time he had the ball in the hand, he was... Uh, Attacking the line. And Shane Garrity, where's he been for the last couple of years? <laughs> yeah, basically um, rugby purgatory somewhere. Mm. Jay made a comment about um, Shane Garrity's hair while we're watching. <laughs> it <laughs> is tinting. It is awful. It's, 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 it's like a newborn. <laughs> it's like it's like he's, he's six months. If he just keeps growing it like that, six months away from an Andy Good. Would he be lucky to be as good as Andy Goode? Yeah, it could be good for his career, that. It is a bad barnet. It is a, <laughs> it is a bad barnet. Well, Have you got any inside information on the kind of team spirit and stuff after that loss? I can't comment. But have a guess if someone had told you what they'd be saying. <laughs> okay, well, if I were, I'd, I'd probably be quite angry at J.P. Doyle, to be honest. Yeah, I think, I think I'd, I'd be, be angry quite, at J.P. Doyle, I think yes. I'd be quite irritated by uh, J.P. Doyle. If I were part of the uh, the Irish setup, I think I'd be extremely frustrated by J.P. Doyle. I could I could understand. Uh, who played at the rack? Bath. Bath and Worcester. Bath, Worcester. Another spirited Worcester match, but I mean, they're, they're down now. That's it. Yeah. Because hey. Newcastle got a, a good bonus point. Well, the thing that strikes me about Bath, is there any club with a stranger selection of scrum halves? Mickey Young, Mickey Young, Stringer, yeah, and Martin Roberts. That is odd. <laughs> it's not exactly a, a staple of talent. <laughs> I, I, I love the way Stringer's playing, but well, who would guess? Particularly the with the, the sort of riches and resources Bath have got. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. Stringer could have made our resurrection. Uh, Abs- yeah, absolutely. Could. Discussion actually, because he was like, what was it, three or four seasons ago? Was Newcastle kind well, of dropping he, about. He was like third choice at, at Munster and going nowhere and, and ready for retirement. And then he got a short term contract at Newcastle, played really well. Everyone sh- like kind of showed people why he was so good for so long. Uh, and then Bath took him on. I thought Worcester in this game were actually quite competitive. And if it wasn't for the most ridiculous player in the entire Premiership scoring a last minute t- try, can anyone guess who that might be? Matt yeah. Banahan. Matt Banahan. <laughs> <laughs> there is a direct correlation to how many tattoos you have and how boring you boring you actually are. I know no one who, who tries to cultivate a look and is actually a genuinely interesting person. But anyway, we'll we'll come back. We will come back to that. Um, they played really well, and I thought that um, Pennell looked quality. Oh, he is very yeah. very good. Really I, I hope he doesn't. They're recruiting loads of players in spite of being relegated. Dean Ryan is actually he's actually obviously managing to persuade people that his journey is one worth going on and they do seem to have quite a lot of good young players so who, who goes first Dean Ryan or David Moyes <laughs> I think by the time this goes up Moyes will be gone so um, uh, mm. I think they're going to stick with Dean Ryan I think you mentioned about Banahan's tattoos and stuff I think there's a potential crusade that we the Egg Chasers with the with the help and support of our loyal people listening and thank you very much for that I think there should, we should have a socks up crusade 
particularly backs. I, I hate socks down. Yeah. Well, well, I hate socks down. Interesting you should say this. I went to watch RGC. Now, in case you don't already know who, who RGC are, RGC are the good, basically, hopefully be the next Welsh region. But until that point, they're a very good team in, in, in North Wales who hopefully will go up to the Premiership ne- next year, play Cardiff and, and that lot. And they were playing a team, I can't remember their name, but their winger looked incredible. He was about 11 stone wet through, uh, balding slightly, uh, very, very good going sideways, and not ineffectively, but you know, like when you just can't be caught. Socks around his ankles, and then he had his shirt untucked. And this is the era of tight shirts now. His shirt was was baggy, untucked, and over his shorts. And I thought, <laughs> oh, wow, that's how you know you're cool. <laughs> but like Joe Simpson would look so much better as a player if he pulled his socks up. Yep. Jordan Turner Hall, uh, he wears his socks down. It irritates me. I but, want, I want a socks up. But policy. so did um, Latham. Latham, yeah, Latham, yeah. the incredible Australian fullback. He, he was really good. But, um, but I, I do agree. I used to, like, age group rugby, I always used to have my socks around my ankles and then I've uh, smartened up my act. I like mine up. Gavin Henson has his, uh, has his up. I have mine up. That's, <laughs> that's just how it goes. <laughs> right, let's move on. We'll be getting into looking ahead to the weekend's rugby and it's the semi-finals in Europe to look forward to. Mm. Uh, Premiership takes a week off, so we'll get back to that in due course. But uh, we have had some people getting in touch and you can get in touch anytime you want and throw any thoughts your way about anything you hear or anything just generally rugby-based. At Rugby Podcast is where you can find us on Twitter. And we've had quite a bit. Let's get dip into our mailbag. Firstly, there was quite a lot of um, people enjoying the picture of JB that we posted to celebrate <laughs> passing 1,000 followers on Twitter. If you haven't seen it, lovely. How would you describe that picture of J- JB? I think it's basically you showing your, your true love for Jacques, Jacques Berger. It's me showing what a man I am. Every... Christmas, I go over to Anglesey and I have a swim in, in the Menai Straits. That's what it was. At Rugby Podcast on Twitter, go and have a look. Also, in reaction to the politics 15 from last time out, now we picked a, a 15 from politicians and world leaders and people related to politics and how they would fit into a rugby team. Greg Neal says uh, Bill Clinton should have been in the row and points out that Bill Clinton and JFK and George W. Bush all played rugby union. I think it's a bit of a Upper class thing. It, I mean, it's here it as well. Seems to be, yeah. They're like within colleges. Mm. Yeah. Banana Tom actually posted a picture of George Bush in his college rugby 15 attire. Mm. Um, yeah, which is not a big indictment for, for rugby in America. Well, it is. Uh, Raw's got in touch. The commander in chief playing rugby. <laughs> what are you on about? Raw's got in touch and said, uh, Franklin Roosevelt on the wing. Well, the lad had wheels. Very, very good. <laughs> very good indeed. <laughs> Higgs pointed out that Paddy Ashdown deserved a place just for his uh, hardness and SBS and Marines. I didn't know that about Paddy Ashdown. Yeah, Paddy Ashdown at one point had more power, I think, in Kosovo than the Prime Minister had over here. Wow. Yeah. There was a, a tweet as well suggesting that we should move Hitler from where you had him as inside centre, JB, to outside the centre. wing because he, oh, outside centre, to the wing because he had a good goose step. Oh, good. It's still, <laughs> still effective inside centre, but point taken. Uh, so, at Rugby Podcast, you can get in touch with us on Twitter. Uh, Michael Dunning got in touch on Twitter, at Rugby Podcast. Uh, thank you. He's a fan of Connacht Rugby in Northern Ireland, and their new signing is from the Auckland Blues hooker come prop, who's affectionately known as the freak, Tom McCartney. And Tom McCartney, whilst at the Blues, uh, recorded this song, his version of Super Freak, with the help of some of his teammates. Uh, this is Rugby Oki just celebrating. And once again, rugby players do love a bit of a sing song. He's a very freaky guy. Who runs the ball right up the blind side. That's oh. where the really super freaky try. Once you let him run by. Has he changed words? He likes to smash it at the cheese. Well done, JB. Well spotted. <laughs> I'm not a big song guy. 
He says his squats his all-time favourite. Sounds like a fun guy. Sounds like a get on with Phil. How do you rate his squats? Yeah, we'll we'll hear it in there for that. And there's all the Auckland Blues, um, yeah, dancing with him. Well, enjoy Connacht. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We'll move on. Right. Uh, Sorry about that. Yeah, thanks for getting in touch. If you have anything else to get in touch with, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Now, this is where we possibly get the people turning off in droves, uh, people offended, uh, because I've d- we've dared to p- to have a 15 selected, which is just opening up the opportunity for JB to say something <laughs> defamatory, offensive. Uh, we've just coming off the back of Easter, so what about a religious 15? Great idea. Let's start in the front row. Like Jeff Cross. We've all heard of him. Edinburgh. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff Cross. Jeff no, Cross. because I've got Simon Cross in the back row and you've just taken the cross bit. Especially when you can have you, you and Murray. You and Murray or DJ Church. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Very good. Keen Healy, known as DJ Church. Or Samson Lee. Oh, yes. That's good. Samson Lee. Well, well done, you. Largest face to head <laughs> ratio of any. <laughs> any He's got a humongous head and a tiny face right in the middle. Yeah, Samson Lee. I think DJ Church is that is actually DJ Church, Kean Healy, definitely. Um, I quite uh, like Samson Lee. Samson Lee, Samson yeah. from yeah, the Bible. Cool. Samson. Now, what happened? What was the story with Samson? He was the one that had his hair cut off and lost his power, right? Uh, I, I got it wrong last time. I, I mentioned him on the pod. Someone uh, laughed at me on Twitter. I'm not. Um, so I, I tried to read up, but I just find it so boring reading about <laughs> religious stuff. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm mean, um, just not that into fairy tales. That, yeah, that's my that's my big problem. Given supernatural strength, you and Murray God. would have made the 15, but on religious grounds, he's, uh, <laughs> he's, he's had to withdraw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a hooker. Have we got a hooker? Uh, two very tedious ones from me. There is an Australian commentator got six caps in 1979, 1980, called Buddha Handy. Oh yeah. wow. Done. That's good. That's miles better than my two. What's yours? Uh, <laughs> I had uh, Brendan Cannon. Can- mm, Cannon's oh, very a- good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Catholic. Cannon's, yeah, like a religious text. Um, and Dave Ward. Yeah, okay. Probably like yeah. Uh, yeah. congregation. Ward. Samson Lee, DJ Church, Buddha Handy then. Perfect. Done. Second row. Deacon. Lewis Deacon. Oh, yes. Rod Fiddler. <laughs> <laughs> Make up your own mind. <laughs> well, churches, they sometimes have violinists come in and play. Yeah, I guess they do. I guess they do. <laughs> Who was Rod Fiddler? Good question. Rob, Can't really he remember. He played for Gloucester. Yeah, Gloucester a long time in like He was like a big mute second row. I had Brad Thorne. Brad Thorne? Thorny Crown. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Whack- yeah. I've got two, two back rows and I'm not going to say them. Uh, two from three of those second row. What are the back rows? Possible seven, Luke Abraham. Yeah, very good. Oh, w- wonderful. Well done. Yeah. Nick Easter. Yes. Yes, Nick Easter. <laughs> uh, Mark Easter. Yeah. Mark Easter potentially at six, yeah. Uh, and Brett Deacon, if we're going for bro- brothers yep. as well. Mm-hmm. Bit boring. Go on, JB. What are your what No are your chance. Row? I'll tell you after. All right, so hold on. We'll do what we did last time. Uh, no, no, let, let no. Let me put the no. on hold music no, no, on. Don't put it on hold because I don't even want people to think that I've, I've <laughs> no, said what I've come said. Come on. Okay, fine. Um, I had a... Plymouth Albion flanker okay. called Owen Grace. Well, I, I, I yeah, got that went down well. Just a fact. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about we uh, let's switch Brad Thorne to six? Okay. Uh, Nick Easter at eight. Luke Abraham. Luke Abraham, Luke Abraham at seven. Then we've got Louis Deacon and Rob Fiddler 
yeah. <laughs> in, the, in our second row. That's our pack. <laughs> oh no! Go no, on. no, hold the phone. Hold. Right, so we got we got Jeff, we got Samson Lee, Buddha Handy, and DJ Church. We've got to pick our second row. Who do you go for? Fiddler. Fiddler and Deacon. Deacon, yeah. Right, fine. Back row. Okay, Lupe Abraham at seven, Nick Easter at eight, six, Mamuka Gorgodza. Oh, oh, nice, Tim. Nice. Oh, done. Nine? Nine. Danny Care? Care? Uh, just because... Mo- because he cares. Moses Rowlooney. Yeah, Moses Rowlooney's a good one. I put one. him to ten. I put Danny Care because there's loads of scandals with, uh, with Christian care homes, so that's why I did it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's leave that one. No? Okay. Um, there's a few other nines, though. Yeah, go, go on. on. Chris Pilgrim. Yeah, oh, yeah. yes. Newcastle. Godman. Godman's a 10. Yeah. Godman's a 10. Uh, Isaac Boss. Isaac. Hmm. Sp- Spanish sevens player. We're called Angel Lopez. Angel. 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 Do you want to go? Do you want to go? Angel Moses Pilgrim. Moses. Moses Rowlooney at nine. Is it going to be Phil Godman or Reese Priestland? Or... Oh, Reese Priestland. You could have the um, Johnny Wilkinson's a Buddhist. He, yeah, now. I was going to say he became what? Buddhist. Yeah, is that, is that serious? No, this yeah. one he was about. It was a couple of years ago before, when he was still at Newcastle. No, he hasn't. When he was injured, <laughs> he, he found inner peace from becoming Buddhist. Yeah. I don't even know what that means. I literally don't know what that means. Uh, they like peace and stuff like that, don't they? <laughs> Phil Godman. Phil Godman. <laughs> Godman. Yeah. Easier. Phil Godman at ten. Uh, right, wings or centres? Let's do centres. Centres. Could have the Bishop brothers. Jonathan Joseph. Couldn't find it. I couldn't. I couldn't find a partner for him. I was looking for Mary for ages. <laughs> could not, I could find a Mary in women's rugby, but not yeah, in men's. Mary Alfonso. Um, oh, yeah, no, it's Maggie Alfonso. Oh, sorry, it is Maggie. Apologies, Bishop, apologies and, Maggie. Bishop and Joseph. Unless you got any more. Bishop uh, Gavin Henson. Mm, was in and out of church every day for a, a few hey! years. Hey! <laughs> Stuart Abbott. Hmm? Bishop Joseph Abbott. Bishop and Abbott. Bishop and Abbott. Fine. Good. I like that. Uh, onto the wings then. There's quite a few here. Israel Falal. Yeah, Israel Falal. And Dag. Israel Dag. Yeah. Um, Noah Cato. Good. Yeah, I like that. That's a good one. Christian Cullen. Oh, good. Julian Surveyor, if you, if you know. Saviour. I'm having a terrible time. <laughs> Julian Saviour. Saviour. Wordplay. No. Sorry, sorry, Where sorry. Jason Robinson as well. Very famous. Oh, yeah. Famous oh, and Inga Twigamala. Yeah. Well, a lot of uh, Tongans, Samoan, Fijians are incredibly... In fact, it was quite, like having spoken to a few people that are teammates with them, deeply, deeply religious, and a lot of them lead extremely humble kind of lives mm. and send most of their earnings back home. Yeah. I, I know one being Calamophony at Gloucester. Ooh. Wow. There you go. That makes you think, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Anyone got a coach? Go on, who's a coach? Again, it's another rugby league one. Go on. uh, Matt Parrish. Oh, nice. Coach Do you know what's always and... confused me? Why has an Islamic symbol become such a big fixture in English rugby? And one, I mean, the one I'm talking about, of course, is Saracens. Saracens, yeah. Because it's not just Saracens. There's like Saracens up in... There's like Bristol Saracens. There's Saracens up in all the land. There's yeah. a few other religious clubs as well. Gone. Saints. Yep. Uh, Crusaders. Yes, yeah, of course, Crusaders. I bet uh, they don't get, get on well with Saracens. No, that would be a, a, an epic battle. Yeah, the, uh, well, lit- quite literally. <laughs> Crusaders versus the Saracens. Uh, there's Hindu Rugby Club in Argentina, uh, and obviously Salford Red Devils. Good. Solid. <laughs> Saracens' club name is said to come from the endurance, enthusiasm, and perceived invincibility of Saladin's Desert Warriors of the 12th century. Oh, wow. 
their local rival, rivals were established and they were called uh, something Crusaders, wherever they were, Marylebone Crusaders. <laughs> so then Saracens popped up and called themselves Saracens to be the rivals of the Crusaders. And then the two amalgamated in the late 1800s. There you go. Well done, Tim. Hey, there good, you go. Good knowledge. No, I just, uh, I just, <laughs> Wikipedia is absolutely fantastic, but that is fact, fact. Good. Uh, well, there you go. We again, I, dare I say? Oh no, actually, I was going to say we managed to navigate a religious fifteen without offending anyone, but uh, it's probably not true. Mm. Uh, thanks to JB's chat a bit earlier on. No, thanks for that, JB. Right, we're going to get to this weekend's action in just a minute, but. We have, for a long, long time, since the very, very early days of the podcast, that 30 episodes ago, feels like we've we've contributed to the rise of the cult of the, the honey badger, Nick Cummins, a.k.a. the honey badger. This is some of the amazing chat that we've featured in the past. When, when we're back on our line here, and we're, we're Dean, like, buddy, like the boys in the trenches in Gallipoli there, at the end, they were just like that, that kid that fell out of the tree, you know, he just, he just wasn't in it. I was chasing balls. I was, I was busier than a one-armed bricklayer in Baghdad, mate. It was, it was flat out. <laughs> the guy's amazing. <laughs> well, there was a documentary um, which I noticed was going to be on, which was called Honey Badger. Was it about Nick Cummins? Sadly, no. I wish <laughs> it was. But Nick Cummins has basically said that he picked the nickname, he picked his own nickname, the Honey Badger. He can do what he wants. He's a Honey Badger. He picked his own nickname, <laughs> the Honey Badger, because he saw a documentary about the Honey Badger and thought, that's a guy who's punches above his weight and is a tough rooster. Hmm. Tough rooster. So I wanted to know a bit more about the honey badger, and I've got a few little facts about this animal. According to the Guinness Book of Records, it is the world's most fearless animal. That's an incredibly hard thing to judge, is it not? How would the Guinness Book of Records know this? How would they determine fear? Uh, I'm fearless. Animal, animal death match? Question it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I suppose that's the only sensible suggestion. Yeah, but that doesn't determine fearless. That de- determines toughness. Yeah, that's true. Or that, that ability to kill. Yeah. It'd, yeah. Have, it'd have to be some sort of questionnaire. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> <laughs> Even their special ability to sleep off snake bites and wake up unharmed <laughs> remains a mystery. So now, that is the lager and bit and bitter <laughs> concoction drank by the Western Force. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I was going to say, I reckon that means, yeah, Nick, Cum- Nick Cummins can neck back the old snake bite on a night out and uh, wake up the next morning so feeling the, fine. So the big drinkers, yeah, they have a few danger pints the night before a match no, and sleep it off. Honey badgers, a quarter of their whole diet is venomous snakes, but they have this amazing thing when they do get bitten, they just go for a kip, wake up feeling fine. Wowzer, isn't it amazing? <laughs> You push him in a corner, then he will go for you. He'll go for your balls, and you will get all your balls out one time, as quick as that. Rip the canestas off a lion, mate. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a good excuse as well to send your missus out to chase off the honey badger. <laughs> <laughs> he grabbed the rhino from underneath and wouldn't it go? And the rhino. <laughs> he grabbed one of my tawny eagles. He wiped out 30, 40 guinea pigs one shot. Hang on, Fluid, this guy yeah. keeps. Guinea pigs and eagles in the same form. <laughs> it's diverse. <laughs> 30 or 40 guinea pigs in one go is and pretty all, impressive. And, and a couple of eagles dead as well. Yeah. Uh, but he goes for lions as well. He dug underneath the electric fence and went into the lions to fight them on purpose. So my staff took the meat and just chucked it over to get the lions' attraction on the, on the meat. Meantime, the honey badger wouldn't let them settle down and was going for their private parts at the back. And eventually the lion would turn around and grab him, but bust the skin's loose. He'd swing in his skin, the honey badger, and bite the lion in the face. So in the end, the lion's bleeding down the face. The honey badger walked in big stuff, and he won the first round. 
Hey, they were skinning him. Honey badgers are I'm not sure proper that this, nails. I'm not sure that this guy, just from what he's saying and just, the fact he's got such a very... Imagine if your next-door neighbour had <laughs> eagles and guinea pigs. Would, would you trust anything which they said? Do you reckon he's been on the snake bites as well? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but there you go, that's the, the honey badger. You can understand the, the toughness of that animal and why Nick, Nick Cummins wanted to uh, adopt the name. <laughs> awesome. To sleep off snake bite. Take on predators far bigger than itself, ten times its size. A rhino, for goodness sake! Yeah, these are. I'm just looking up the weights. Why of do them. you even take take on a rhino? I mean, they don't do anything to well, anyone. By the sounds they? of it, it was just it was it wasn't going into the lion's enclosure to nick food. It was going. It dug under an electric fence after a few snake in, bites to get into a lion enclosure to go and fight a lion. <laughs> <laughs> oh Unreal. Uh, if it's taken on a rhino, so I'm just looking up the weights. Uh, a honey badger. The way up to 16 kg, which is... Uh, is that it? With Jay, Jay's got a chocolate lab and that's about 30 kg, right? That's, that's a kettlebell. So I, I sixteen take k- a honey badger. 16 kg is not a lot. I've just looked up a rhino weight. On average, they are 1,700 kg. Right, this that's, is that's not a, true. That's 100 times bigger. This just isn't true. I'm not having any of this. <laughs> it's nonsense. You think that guy is just making it all up? I think I think he's spent too long in the South African sun. <laughs> Uh, right, on to Matters Rugby back once again and the, the upcoming matches this weekend and it's the semi-final time in the European matches. Mm. Let's deal with the Amelin Challenge Cup and get that out of the way because it'll be a bit okay, of an anti-climax let's... going to that second. Northampton Harlequins. I think there's a bit more of an incentive for Northampton to rest a couple of players. Harlequins, there's a, an outside chance. They're, what, seven points behind Leicester? Two bonus point wins and Bath to slip up. And Bath, right, okay. So it's out of their hands. So I think Harlequins will 100% go for it. I think all teams go for it. Northampton might rest a couple of people. Well, you'd say on form it's going to be Bath versus Northampton in the final. I think Harlequins might keep the wagon rolling. And turn over... Turn over Northampton? Turn over Northampton. Don't know. Northampton's got the ah, best Franklin's 15. Gardens, though. Yeah, at Franklin's Garden, that does make a difference. Did anyone notice this week in Franklin's Garden, because obviously the TV camera's there, how small the away changing room is that London Irish were, were, were pitched in? I'm going to stick my neck out and go Quinns. I'm going to say home win, Northampton to win. Northampton for me. You just mentioned then, Jay, I think Northampton, their starting 15 is arguably the best in the league. It is, and they can play any game that they want. They can put out their, they can play the power game through Big, Big Luth, or they can well, run around I'm, with the, the PC and go. Yeah, and, and they're big forwards. They can play the power game with Ma'afu and Laws, Laws and, and Dickinson Manoa. and Manoa. Second yeah, row, ridiculous. And exactly. Hartley yeah. and Waller. Oh, yeah, they were Hartley. Yeah. Uh, and the other semi-final, Wasps against Bath. Wasps coming back into form. They're at home. Yeah, and they're, 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 they're playing well. Well, they've got uh, Ashley Don- Johnson back, who's looking good. Both Wasps and Bath have, st- have very much got everything to play for in the league. they're playing well. I've said this for the last few weeks and they've won, they've won, their, they've won their games. I'm, gonna, I'm still going to go the away with... The thing is Bath, I feel every time they play now, it's not straightforward. I'm going to say Wasps. I'm going to go Bath. Two away wins. Uh, as much as I liked the performance by the Wasps back row, Nathan Hughes, Ashley Johnson... And, and Haskell. And Haskell with two tries. And I thought the, the all-round played pretty well. I think Bath should have the, the power up front and the, the skill and the guile in the backs to win it. I do like that Nathan Hughes who got man of the match mm. at the weekend. Mm. So he's Fijian and Samoan heritage, grew up in Australia, but has been living in England for a year now mm. and is not capped for any any country. So in 2016, he could potentially play for England. He's only 22, 
as well. He's six five and eighteen and a bit stone. Frikey. So he's quite a big lad. He is a big slice. He's a, he's um, a unit. But he may well be capped by either Fiji or Samoa before the World Cup. Should we talk Heineken Cup? Yeah, come on then. Let's do it. Yes. Here we go. Exciting. Here we go. I love this competition so much. I'm telling the way that our voices are picked back up. It's the real deal. Saracens, Claremont, 3.40pm Saturday. This is Titanic. At Wembley though, isn't it? Uh, uh, Twickenham. Twickenham, sorry. Claremont don't have their home advantage. And they're monsters. They're both monsters. They're both humongous. See, I, I do team. like to give them a stick for being a very boring team in terms of the way that they play because they don't create much, do they? But I do love how they just suffocate. That defence is just, it can be awesome. Ulster went through something like 40 phases and got five yards. So they can really be just terrible to play against. Mm. I absolutely love that. I think being at home is going to really level things up for them. The French teams notoriously don't travel well. Um, they've got a lot of pressure on them because they need to win something. After last year failing to win uh, both the, the French league and, and the... Give Heineken Cup. me Saracens. I'm going Claremont. I've gone all away wins so far. Wow. Hmm. This is accumulated time. I think that I think Saracens and Claremont. The battle up front should be reasonably evenly matched. They're both monstrous packs, but they should be able to hold each other. Nalanga and Sivivatu on the yeah. wings, though. You know what I mean? Now this yes, this is where the this, this is where the differences. Are. I I think the differences are the wings for. For Claremont, mm-hmm. potentially inside centre for Claremont because you because he's on Fafana, yeah. Fafana is Fafana would run rings around Barrett. If you're going to pick a, a back line to who, defend, who, yeah, to defend and just shut these guys down, I wouldn't. But how are Ashton and Strettle going to handle Sivivatu and Nalaga? I'm not sure they're going to handle them going forward. I, I you know break any of their tackles, but actually, I, I do think their defensive structure is such that you know, they probably can. I'm really mm. looking forward to seeing Nick Abendanen. And besides, unleashed uh, in that in that back three, yeah. yeah, I think he could be really dangerous. He's a quality player. Yeah. Um, he really is. You've got to remember that um, Ashton and Strettle won't be making the tackles. Berger will be making the tackles. <laughs> um, he can tackle anything. <laughs> I'm going to go for Claremont as well. I'm going to go away win. Wow! What a game! What a game! And the other game, if it's possible to be better than that, I'm looking forward to Talon Munster even more. I mean, Munster shouldn't win. But Munster they... shouldn't be able to win. Toulon should blow them away. There's no home. reason why Munster should win, but they're going to. Oh, they make it look stupid again because I'm still going with Toulon. I I can't look past Toulon, but if Munster play the way they did against Toulouse, then they, they really could cause an unbelievable upset. I, I don't know what the odds are, well, just look but at what... it would be a huge shock for Munster to win. Look at what what they did to their Irish cousins. Yeah, you know, and the way that they just overpowered them. Mm. It was just frightening, actually, watching Rousseau oh, carry the ball. Toulon against Leinster. Yeah, you'd yeah. watch Rousseau carry the ball. And then you'd watch Armitage carry the ball. And then, and then Smith, whoever else Smith is, carry the ball. Yeah, and, and then oh. Heymans, and then Sheridan. If you picked a 15 out of the two teams, you wouldn't pick many yeah. Munstermen, mm. with, the, with maybe a couple of exceptions. Toulon for me. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Munster win it, but I think that's why, that's why it's such a great competition. And Toulon as well. So we, based on what I've said, we'd have a repeat of last year's final. Claremont, Toulon. Mm. Yep. Which, of course, we won't because it's going to be Toulon Saracens. <laughs> or Munster Saracens. Or Munster Claremont. Yes. It's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be one, one of those combinations. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to actually think, of in, in the Munster squad, is there a single player with the exception of... O'Connell. Paul O'Connell that you would put from Munster put into a combined 15? 
I can't. I can't think of a single one. I can't remember Ali Williams or Botha. Well, they're probably both, they're both, yeah. I probably, would, I probably would put Paul O'Connor because the effect Danny he has. So I think it's better than both the other guys we just mentioned. Uh, I would put Paul O'Connor as well, like you say, Tim. He's such a leader. If he was fit, would you put Peter Amani in? Ahead maybe, of... maybe on form. Mm, yeah, probably. Or, no, Juan Smith. You probably put, possibly put him in ahead of John's Juan Smith. Uh, and also the captain who. Yeah, the probably on form. Omani oh, was. Arguably the best back row in the Six Nations. Other than, other than that, I can't think of another player. I, d- I do like Conor Murray. Mini Mike. Yeah, I, I do like him a lot. Mm. I just do, and that's the end of it. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's all right. <laughs> I have liked uh, Casey Lalala for years, actually. He, he's a bit of a kind of fading yep. force, I think, now, but he, he's been brilliant for for a long time. But over Bastero and Gitto. I, pr- I probably have him over Bastero. Do you know, Bastro, though, as much stick as we keep giving him, keeps on winning in, and keeps on getting picked for damn good teams. Yeah, he starts for Anyone who starts for too too long, you've got to be fairly good. Because when he gets his act together and his head on, he is so dangerous. But yeah. half the time he's dreaming of croissants and pan of chocolate <laughs> well, let's just, on the let's, sideline. Let's just go back a second. Let's just go back a second. And how many Saracens players would get into a combined 15? Ooh, good question. Jack Berger is in. Jack Berger would... Yeah, you're probably right. He'd probably get in ahead of... Voslu or front row, you could have. Would Billy Billy, would Billy Vunipola get in? I think so. I think he would actually. Yeah, probably would. Ahead of Fritzley or Trolley. Yeah, Trolley. Uh, in the front row, Thomas Domingo would probably just out Michael Vunipola, yeah. probably based on experience. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then well, Brits. I mean, Brits is unlike anyone, so it depends how you want to play. I tell you where the head and shoulders are above Saracens is the second row. Yes, agreed. Oh, yeah. Hines and Kudmore. Well, there we go. We're going an all-French final. And even we can predict an all-English final in the Hamlin Challenge Cup. (laughs) I'm confident of it. (laughs) And there we go for another Egg Chasers Rugby podcast. That was episode 30. Thank you very much for listening. And uh, get in touch. Tell us what you reckon to the 15, to if you want to direct any religious-based letters of complaint, then address them to JB uh, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter and uh, he'll he'll pick up them all and and read them and then reply (laughs) one by one. Excellent. Well, we'll leave it there. And uh, yeah, get in touch and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening. Nice one, JB. Bye. Nice one, Phil. Cheers, Tim. In a bit. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.